0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive In Theater, the largest single screen drive in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening, and don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink. 89.3 Mahoning Drive-In Radio, your old friend Virgil back once again for another exciting episode of the podcast. As you guys know, the only podcast dedicated to the love and revival of our beloved drive-in culture. And we're so excited as we're moving into our 2023 season. And every drive-in across the country is now thriving as the beautiful weather is sweeping across the land, joined as always by my co-host and general manager extraordinaire Mark. Say hello, my friend. Hello. Also joined by projectionist, owner of the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, King Jeff. Say hello, my friend. Hi, everybody. And as we continue our owner series on the Mahoning Drive-In Podcast, we've been so blessed having so much fun talking to the folks that make up the cinematic landscape across the country and beyond. And it really is such a treat to not only be able to promote them, but also become friendly with them, because we really are like-minded, living the same lives, just in different areas of the country. And today, we're so lucky to have Jeffrey Riggs, owner and operator of the 21 Drive-In out of Missouri, uh, which was built in 1952. Welcome, my friend. Hi, guys. Hi. So excited to have you. I follow you guys on social media, and I have been following you guys for a while on the social media, and uh, I love the stuff that you do. It's kind of a a mixture. You do a a really good job out there. Um, Thank you. Yeah, but let's jump into it and give people kind of a a layout of where you're at. I mean, in Missouri, I assume it's kind of a rural situation, but are you built up? Are you in the middle of nowhere like us?
1: oh we are in the middle of nowhere
0: oh that helps us right (laughs) yeah yeah.
1: absolutely in the middle of nowhere if my if it's if the moon is not out and my projector is not running there's high risk of uh speaker post
0: collision (laughs) just getting totally lost (laughs) wandering in the dark (laughs) Yep, that's amazing well, what is the uh, the history? You guys opened up in 1952. Is it family operated? Did you come into it?
1: I came into it. It's had, uh, as far as I know, I think there's been uh, four different owners, maybe five different ownerships, being one owner owning it twice. Oh, wow. It's And it's never really changed family hands throughout its ownership.
0: That's amazing. That's what we love to hear. Nine times out of ten, it's that's the case. Is it's family passed on? Oh, oh the, no. I mean,
1: I mean, it, it's never been. It's never been passed on to a family member. It's oh, always, I see. Like when a new ownership comes in, it's not. It's not of the same family. Any of them.
0: Oh, how really? about that? So yeah. really, it's been a series of people coming in, uh, reviving, yeah, their, yeah. running it for their time. Very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's been quite a few people that have had, like, a stewardship of it. Uh, It was built in, they started construction, I think, in 1951. Uh, Clyde Davis, he built the drive-in. He was a gentleman out of uh, Ellington, Missouri. It's about uh, 17 miles north of us on Highway 21. And, uh he owned it for quite a long time and then uh some stuff happened and he sold it to someone i don't know what the name of that ownership was uh there was a big fire at the local newspaper years and years ago i think it was like sometime in the mid to late 70s yeah and there was a, it's lot a of black records. hole <laughs> there was a lot of re- there was a lot yeah there was a lot of record storage there and, yeah like you don't get people up there all the time being forthright and telling you like you know coming forward with the information
2: (laughs) sometimes
1: uh but i know that the guy that he sold it to like after a couple years like clyde wasn't happy about how that guy was running it and he came back in and owned it again and i don't know exactly how long that ran to and then there was another family in van buren missouri which is about nine miles east or west of us were technically in garwood
0: yeah and uh
1: and uh so uh they ran it for quite a while and then i think they're the family that like got it went dark i think in like the vhs age
0: oh yeah
1: i'm thinking i've never gotten an official date i think it went dark like sometime in the like maybe late '80s, '86, '87, and then the people that I bought it from, uh, Cecil and Diane Price, uh, they had owned it and reopened it back up. I, th- I want to say 1998.
0: Oh wow! And so a good ten years there, where it was just sitting. where it was.
1: Yeah, where it was just sitting. Some of those pictures that I sent you guys, like I said, I had pulled them from the Speaker Post uh, Facebook page, and where someone during its dark age, had, you know, jumped over the fence. and Wandered in, of, yes. Wandered in and taken <laughs> some pictures. And, like, nobody up around there has really ever shared that kind of stuff with me. I post it on my social media and ask for people to send it to me all the time. I'd love to see a ton of those pictures. I just don't get them.
0: Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat with the Patreon that we run. Mark does an amazing job of sifting through all the old theater ads and... I think at a certain point uh we kind of have that black hole era too right mark
2: yeah there's a period of time where the coverage online just um i don't know i think maybe changed which newspaper they're advertising in or something like that so i'm still working might have to go the old uh shoe leather route and go to some old microfilm in local libraries or running something. some microfiche I <laughs> right? yeah yeah and I,
1: I would love to run the microfiche too but like i said at that paper where i had a that Almost all the owners had done all their advertising and stuff like that through publication, it all got lost.
0: Crazy. That is just not so, so it truly I is get, this get, I, I
1: wander upon bits every every now and again at you know surrounding flea markets that happen to be within like a good 60, 70 mile vicinity of the drive in. Like,
0: oh, that's awesome. Rediscovering pieces stuff. of its history. We yeah, love the speaker I'm, host group. It's uh, such a great yeah. community.
1: And it's tough, though, because when you find that stuff, like, you're stuck. Like, you're buying it. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> no
0: and way of getting like, around it.
1: Yeah, there's no, <laughs> like, it's unacceptable not to purchase it, especially if it's, like, during a weekend where I'm wandering around probably still wearing 21 drive-in uh, a
0: Gear. They see you yeah. coming from a mile away. They're like, hook. <laughs> uh, got it.
1: We got, like, two sales in Boothpot, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like, uh, you know, I don't know if you grew up around the 21, but what's your your history with the 21?
1: Okay, so my history with the 21 is I went to it uh, a few times after high school, because like I said, they reopened it in 98. So I graduated in 96. Yeah. And uh, so we, we went there every great once in a while, you know, some people would load up and go out. Out there while Cecil and Diane owned it, but uh, you know, if it had been open during my teenage years, I probably would have monopolized it quite a bit because I had a you know cool old hot rod truck and Ooh, like, oh,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and it would have been, it would have been great, but it, you know, work and life gets in the way once you get a little bit older, like that it makes it harder to get up there. And once it had, you know, I, like I said, I've been up there a few times, but my real connection with it was the former owners uh Cecil and Diane Price yeah I used to run my parents uh, medical waste business years and years ago as soon as I was old enough to do it because that's the way family businesses work oh yeah and uh so I used to go around nursing homes doctor's offices all the time and of course I'm obviously a huge movie nerd grew up around loving movies and I was in the nursing home up in Ellington one day and I heard some of the nurses talking to Diane about the drive-in, you know, what's gonna be on at the drive-in this weekend and blah, blah, blah. And uh so I talked to her and because it was it was a means for me to get movie posters, quite honestly.
2: Yeah. I and
1: uh so struck up a friendship with her. And while she was still at the nursing home, I would get posters from her, and then now and again, when I'd go to the drive-in, she'd give me some here and there, and then she was no longer at the nursing home, and then years later, I started selling nails for Mid-Continent Nail, which is like uh, the United States' largest nail manufacturer, yeah. and it's based out of Poplar Bluff, the town that I grew up and live in, and uh, started going around to all the pallet factories around you know, rural Missouri, right? stuff all around the drive-in and walked into Cecil and Diane's place. And they've had a sawmill for generations and got to be friends with her again. And, you know, after years of friendship with her, I worked for now for almost uh, 11 years and uh, just became friends. And she, you know, knew how much I cared about it and thought the drive-in was awesome. So we, you know, we just, got to be friends and she started talking to me about you know she thinks she'd like me to own it
0: wow come on talk about a destined scenario you not only crossed paths once but reconnected and then rekindled this kind of friendship and led you here that's wild where does that love of movies come from i mean it sounds like you had a a little bit of dip in the toe with the the 21 but did you go to other drive-ins as a kid when did you get hooked by the bug
1: uh there weren't many around here there was one and it just opened back up last year in Piedmont Missouri it went dark for about 7 or 8 years and just opened up back up last season they're about 45 minutes away from me yeah and uh it's a much smaller drive-in a much smaller screen I would say uh, there's a maybe maybe two to two fifty cars at the most is probably what they could get in their gates. Right. And uh, that was a much further drive from Poplar Bluff than it would be to get to the twenty one. So it was one of those deals where man, that thing was a good like you know hour track. Yeah, right. it was a good hour and 10, 15 minutes. And when you're super young, like your parents rarely let you sneak off and do stuff like that. And it just, it wasn't as big and as cool.
0: I feel like we were spoiled back in the day with the amount of choices that we had. In PA, we're oh. very because we have so many, but, you know. Oh, yeah, like- I've
1: looked up, I've researched some of that uh, early drive-in air East Coast stuff. And like, they were just everywhere
0: it's insane you know and that's really what we're trying to uh bring back with this love and appreciation of the culture is there was something truly lost when a lot of these communities lost their community space to go and enjoy movies together and just enjoy each other together and uh anytime that we can shine a light on a drive-in that is able to revive that i mean again we're so like-minded it's it's kind of crazy so what gave you the confidence to be like i am going to jump in and take this puppy over did they have a successful business running or was it like hey i gotta come in and revive some stuff
1: i mean it was it was pretty it was pretty good but like they were getting to the point to where they were they were just done with it uh when i got it from them uh we started talking we actually went through the process in like 2016 and got like right to the finish line and diane pulled out and was like i can't do it i'm not ready you know and then she came back to me again a year later and she was like i was wrong i should have." she's like i'm getting old and i'm i'm i want to have weekends again and you know she had been running the sawmill day and then doing the drive-in at night and on the weekends and right but uh because of that they didn't uh, really encourage a ton of any really kind of stuff that really makes drive ins pop off, like, you know, community driven events and, and doing private shows for people that want to do private shows, uh, whether it be for organizations or stuff like that. Uh, they didn't have any social media presence at all uh, for years before I even owned it. I owned all the tags to the social media.
0: but were you you helping them out with that before even uh no no
1: no. there was there was a local lady that had like a little facebook page that she used to run for diane because diane didn't want to mess with it but other than that that's really all they had right as far as like in the in the internet atmosphere and and because they went for so many years without getting like big community involvement with other people and other businesses and stuff like that. It just eventually became really a non-option. People just didn't ask, you know, and uh, I'm still fighting that fight and people will show interest sometimes, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on around here during this time of the year. Uh, Van Buren just down the road where the river is at. It's a huge tourist area. Yeah, because people come from all over the country to come float the current river it's beautiful but uh we would always tell them you know come here and spend all day over here you know there's tons of stuff around Van Buren and Van Buren and Ellington uh, one of the biggest natural springs uh, in the world is right there in Van Buren Blue Springs
0: oh gorgeous
1: yeah it's it's awesome it's a great summer town and mm-hmm. but you know it's it's small and insulary and and I, I'm not from over there, you know. I'm a Poplar Bluff guy. Yeah. But we're getting, we're getting there. But I mean, my big love for movies, it was probably, you know, Rogers Theater in Poplar Bluff, where
0: I grew oh, up. Oh yeah. So that's what your childhood theater.
1: Oh yeah. The Rogers was where everybody went. We had another small theater in the middle of town. Both of them were two screens. Uh, The other one was the Mansion Mall Theater, which was in like a tiny little mini mall deal. Right. Just, I mean, it was a box. It had no character. If you looked up the Rogers Theater uh, on Facebook and stuff like that, you'd see it's like this really cool old looking movie house with like this humongous marquee that like jots out in a triangle. looks like it's shooting out into the street with the and stuff.
0: We love that. uh, There's such a crossover with uh, the drive-in culture and the movie house culture. Anybody? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, like anytime you go to a cool movie house, you're just like, it makes the movie so much better.
0: So true. You go back in time. It's very much like the drive-in appeal. There's something inherently built in that's nostalgic, even if you're not nostalgic for it. It's very weird.
1: Oh, yeah. You can't help it
0: well it sounds like you're the same era as me so video store cable kid I oh yeah really man. Cable your, kid. Uh...
1: my parents always had like whatever the newest d scrambler was even though it was like one of those giant satellite sizes <laughs> it the, it four yeah. minutes to change the channel you know the black you'd push box. like 502 and then you'd look out the window and you just see the satellite start moving <laughs> <laughs> You're in about 5 had, ahead of the you're
2: curve.
0: <laughs> Yeah, my parents were so like that. My mother was obsessive. She used to record like everything off of Oh, the wall It's of the like, look, if we're paying for it, we're getting yeah. our
2: money's <laughs> Oh yeah. The
1: everything wall of episodes with labels uh, on it. Oh my god, god, yeah. God forbid you record over something they wanted to watch. That's right.
0: <laughs> it was yeah. I look back on it, and that's really where my obsessive kind of nature began is like you know oh yeah anybody just, who would do that is, is yeah latchkey kids
1: alone. latchkey kids mass-consuming media you know a reckless abandonment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right i mean it's true it's uh it's yeah the I, I, so, the way, so the way so
1: so how did yours work was it a multi-screen
0: like what, what movie theater
1: on your, on your satellite unit
0: oh like no we were
1: growing up as a kid
0: Well, for us, we had um, the VCR that you were able to do two tapes and you can go back and forth. So I did like, you know, personal dubs from the video store, but it was that recording process. She was a big soap opera gal and like, it was like the timer. She was a whiz with this thing. It would come on. You couldn't touch it at certain hours. Don't go in the room. Oh, Oh yeah.
1: I was, I was the... Programming director for my grandmother's Young and the Restless (laughs) and Bold and the Beautiful. Yes. Uh, Yeah. For certain. But I mean, the way my parents worked is like, you could always watch live satellite, but you just had like one unit. This was back in the 80s, early 90s. Right. But it had two feed lines. So one went to like the living room in the basement that had the huge TV and the other one went to your parents' room. But they always were on the same channel. So like, no way to like see. if there was if there was a crazy good movie that was probably a little bit too inappropriate for you to watch, but you knew it was coming on late. It was always Russian Roulette to change the channel. <laughs> you know who's gonna win? Were,
0: yes. yeah.
1: In case they were up already watching something, you know. Oh, a,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, the that t- the technology uh, definitely pushed the love of movies and just the idea back then of being like, wait, I can own this. I can revisit this yeah. again it seems so old man now but it was like the gods we are
1: gods (laughs) yeah i remember my dad was a really good really good friends with the guy uh his name was steve wisdom here in Popper bluff and for years and years showtime video was that was the spot like we didn't have blockbusters and stuff like that in Popper bluff but this local guy named steve wisdom like had this super awesome video store Here in Papa Bluff had actually two locations because he was just killing it. And my dad was really good friends with him. And, like, we would, like, get stuff all the time. You know, you'd go to the video store with your dad and, you know, Steve would be like, hey, he'd like this. And, like, it's not out for another week. So, but, you know, we've got boxes of them in the back
0: you had a local yeah. dealer per se who was like yeah right yeah he's
1: like i know you need your fix man I know you
0: <laughs> evil dead 2 just came in
1: yeah a- it, yeah, yeah. It, you'd walk by like the dream was when you walk by like that very small section like this big cubicle in the middle of the room where the laser discs were
0: Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> royalty right yeah, I'm still never, a LaserDisc guy. I still have my player. I still collect.
1: I never had any of them. I've watched a few things on them, but I've You're never... You're probably had
0: them. better for it. You know, It's the collecting bug has bit all of us on this call, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a rabbit hole that you can't pull yourself out of.
2: <laughs> if you think crates of records are heavy, start moving around crates of laser discs. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure.
0: yeah.
2: Or 35 millimeter film. That's right.
1: Man, Jeff, I'm here to tell you right now. I watched that documentary, and like watching you guys cut that film together, just like makes my skin crawl. Oh, Splicing that, I, I, I've always since I've owned it, the theater's always been digital, and I've never had to mess with that. Uh, when we arrived, there was very few remnants of that lying around, uh, other than I've got boxes and boxes of 35 millimeter trailers,
0: though. Ooh, yeah. we're now best friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you got Bosses. a theater who uh, can put them to the good use.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've chopped some of them up, but sure. there's, there's an overwhelming wealth of still just available stuff. Oh, it's we love it's that. all stuff that happened during Cecil and Diane's era while they did 35 uh, millimeter film, which, like I said, would have been uh, late 90s till 2015.
0: Yep, that's yeah, our, so that's our that's that's our wheelhouse, baby. Yeah, yeah. we try to do uh, we try to do a thirty five millimeter uh, pre show trailer reels. We try to do the intermissions between, so we try to be fully immersive when it comes to the thirty five mil. But most of our collection has been pulled from all parts of the country from people who are like, "Hey, I got this. I can't do anything with it. You guys gonna?"
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I've, I, guys, I've got I've got two projectors. I've got platters. I've got.
0: Like, yeah, see, I it's all who you know. That's beautiful,
1: and it's not doing it's not doing me any good. I mean, I would love for another theater to make use of it. I toyed with the notion. I tried to get Rogers to take one because uh, when our big box eight screen finally came in here in Popper Bluff, Mansion Mall got tore down, and Rogers uh, got sold to the city. Now, the city keeps it, and they try to do plays and musical events and stuff there, but they took out all their movie equipment when they... Yeah,
0: sounds very familiar. We we just went through something like that uh, with a local theater here.
1: Yeah, and there's also Reynolds County uh, Museum that I've thought about giving one of the projectors to because we're literally... My fence line, if you hop over my fence line, you're in Carter County, but we're in Reynolds County, even though like we're way further away from all of the, like what would be considered larger towns in Reynolds County. Right. Our closest person next to us is easily Van Buren. Like I said, about nine miles west of us. And uh, Elsinore is about 15 miles from us. And Popper Bluff is right at about, I can leave my door and be pulling into the drive-in in about 35
0: minutes that's beautiful Not bad. Not well bad. we walk out in that way too we have a, a tourist attraction in jim thorpe which isn't far from us and nice. it's it's that curiosity thing we get a certain percentage of people that just are like hey there's a drive-in in town i'm gonna go check yeah. this out so yeah i would say really i helps. would say
1: my breakdown is probably since Popper bluff is easily the largest town closest to the drive-in i would say Anywhere between 30 and 40% of my audience sometimes comes from Poplar Bluff. The other 30-ish percent is a mix of Ellington, Van Buren, and Elsinore. And probably the last little bit of that percentage is the tourists that are in town for the river, or for the springs, or at one of whatever close yeah. campgrounds. Clearwater Lake is right down the road from us as well.
0: It all works out. Sometimes location is uh, key, and it's, it's wild to think that these things... Were built in the 40s 50s and still somehow it it works out now that the land's been developed to still deliver you uh an audience
1: yeah i mean it gets rough sometimes i mean my my biggest complaint being first run and a single screen
0: is oh your hands are tied yeah the
1: booking obligations yeah I'm always fine with a two-week booking. It's the three-week bookings because the way things are staggered, they're almost always staggered every two weeks. So, I mean, if I was a multi-screen, it would be so much easier to flex and move things around.
0: Yeah, the owners we're talking to, that's always the thing I I push. I'm like, so that second screen, that's just for you to play around on, right? It's like, it makes things so much easier as far as appeasing that because you can... Scoot things that you have to keep for multiple weeks over to your smaller screen or Correct. whatever the case is. And yeah, it's really difficult. And we talk about this all the time. Like, what is Hollywood now? What is the releasing schedule um, now? It's so crazy. Right. Like, when Megan came out, I swear that it was available on digital two days later. It felt like, yeah, where it's so, like yeah,
1: keeping yeah, something
0: yeah. for three weeks seems kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, you're poking
1: the bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, let it loose, brother, let it loose, brother, yeah, let it loose. Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe concessions should be made for single screens. And, you know, a lot of us drive-ins, like, really helped them out during COVID. Like, really did. And the ones that were able to function. Mine wasn't because of other circumstances, but uh, I got open later on in the season. Yeah. And they were just giving stuff away, which was nice. I'm not gonna lie. It was super nice. But immediately because of COVID, COVID opened the door to the to the way quick digital releases. I yeah. mean super, super fast. So we gave them all this help and, and we for a better part kept the kind of movie going experience alive during that pandemic. Fact. And yeah, it's, it's a fact. Like, they can't argue that. Like, people were putting them up in shopping parking lots. Yep. I mean, and so then after the smoke cleared, they went right back to hammering away and didn't give anything back. And not only did they not give anything back, but they didn't change their digital release schedule either. They just kept shoving it out as fast as they could too so my argument on that as far as booking is if they're going to give it away really really quick to another market and i think the regular theaters have a gripe on this too but like so where's the rub so are you going to do me better on a percentage or are you going to be nice and let me just keep it 2 weeks or if it's something that's not tracking real good let me just keep it one. Oh yeah. I don't understand that they do not realize especially for a single screen operation. If they would allow us that that just a little bit more bit of flexibility. We would be it would be much easier. I could, I could have half my summer probably scheduled. Sure. If if I could just stick to a 2 week obligation. Because those two-week obligations make the decision, especially if you know your audience really, really cut and dry, depending on what's being released on which one you're going to go with. So, if you're going to make me keep it for the same lengths of time, then if you're going to release it early, then like let me pay you a less of a percentage because you're going to go out there and get it from someone else here later on.
0: You would think, you know, and that's that's as the booker here, it's a, amazing to me that there is no established. Uh, line of communication between exhibitors and the uh, studios where it's like these are things that could benefit everyone across the board
1: they could could benefit everyone across the board it would make pulling like i said because you can publicize it more they they don't realize that so when you got to do a three-week obligation even if it's just a banger of a release and you know week one is going to be super awesome and week two is probably going to be still pretty good but then week three is going to be not so great and their argument is always like well you get a get to keep a bigger percentage of that smaller night you get to keep a
0: percentage of nothing
1: (laughs) right 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 exactly Uh, so because a lot of times if the other if the other studio isn't playing nice, because I'm sure you guys do retro, so I'm guessing like your booking fees are probably on your retro stuff is probably like 17.5% on a double feature, 35% whole versus whatever your booking amount is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty traditional in that sense. We do try to push for a lot of flat rates because we work with so many studios on any given night. Like we do quadruple features. Sometimes we're working with four different studios, so... It's hard to cut up that pie, but as long as they get their their piece, they're always happy.
1: But they always want a lot less of a percentage for the older stuff.
0: So, oh yeah. You
1: know, they hit us with that 70-65. I've been asked to take 75 and argued them back down to 70
0: before. Yeah. It's a game, you know, it's, it's all a all, game.
1: It's a shell it's a shell game. It's a total shell
2: game.
0: That's the hardest part. And, you know, we are the anomaly functioning as a retro full retro thirty-five millimeter theater. But I really right. do feel for any first run, you know, who has to kind of balance mm-hmm. and do that juggling act. It's it's a different type of juggling what we do, but yeah it's it's wild
1: yeah i bet i bet hunting down rights for some of the stuff that you guys play is pretty rough sometimes
0: the rights we you know it's really the prints where it's like okay we found the print exists so there's many a show that Ugh. we've just had to abandon because it's you know just not available or not a good enough print available to run so yeah
1: do you ever have a you ever have like a real hot lead fall out at the last minute
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So many times. So many times. Yeah. You've had, we've There's had like prints that we talk not show about it. up at
2: the last minute.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, we uh, infamously have had some screenings where we, you know, didn't receive the print. We've had to come up with a backdoor digital system. And now we're able to do anything in case uh, things uh, fall out. But, yeah, it's a balance, you know, it's it's always a fine balance. But
1: So what's the geographical layout of you guys this drive in. Like is it flat? I know you guys have grass from the documentary.
0: Yeah, we're we're flat, but we got the uh the berms all the way back. Yeah. I guess it's technically if we were to include the tree line about 14 rows, something like that. But yeah. it's massive, you know, humongous 110 foot screen. Nothing really has been touched as far as the uh layout goes. That's kind of the cell of the Mahoning, is it's as original as it was the day that it opened. And yeah, it's it's pretty wild. The things that you don't expect to become huge kind of staples become your staples.
1: Yeah, oh yeah.
0: For you, do you guys have a kind of a, a staple landmark? You got the marquee, you got an entryway that everybody loves or anything like that? The majority
1: of our audience comes from Highway 60, which is like four or five miles uh, down the road, down Highway 21. And everybody kind of, you see, you start seeing the screen about a good, you know, half a mile to you know in between a half a mile and a quarter mile right before you get there kind of if you're coming you know before it gets dark it just kind of pops up you know you can oh, yeah. see it
0: yeah.
1: uh it's I forget what the diagonal measurement is i think it's a hundred foot screen uh my measurements are 84 by 36. nice about 16 foot off the ground uh, my geography is built like a theater when clyde davis bought that land to build the drive-in he bought it because of the way it slopes. So the screen is literally kind of like down at the bottom of the hill, and with each successive row that you go down, oh, uh, I you love get, that, you get lower. So it's kind of built like a theater, but outside, like something like an old Roman thing you'd see,
0: like stadium seating for your for yeah. your uh, vehicle. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah. And you where I... you park
1: by the speaker post, it does kind of berm up a bit and tilt up. Except for yeah. the path that goes like straight from the projector booth to the concession stand that's beat down pretty good not just for me but from others. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you still have your speakers? Yep, speakers oh, are still there. Come yep. on. Uh, Don't you the speakers. Of- yep good majority of them work still (laughs)
0: wow you know we get that question all the time and it's like i couldn't imagine having the amount of speakers that it would take to fill that lot and keeping them all functioning the big thing we always talked about my jeff is uh you know people walking off with them they become kind of valuable
1: yeah i lose about i lose about one or two to theft every year yeah uh and i've got a i've got a box full of replacements that one of said former owners bought at one time and shoved in my shed full of treasures and uh you know every once in a while we got to get out there and do some wiring of course every great once in a while doesn't happen very often but somebody will drive off with one hooked up to their window
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah don't don't be one of those people
1: Hey, guys, they're they're super nostalgic and cool, but they they don't sound great. They, <laughs> they don't sound great. You know, they the don't. T-
0: the tin can uh, sounding. The tin can.
1: But I also do the radio as well. I broadcast on 1037 FM, and uh, I put a bunch of big uh, Bluetooth speakers up on my concession stand roof and kind of oh, angle them awesome. in like a fan array to shoot out. So, like, if you're on the first four or five rows, like, you get some pretty good sound.
0: That's fantastic. Now, how does it... I mean, I'm so curious now. Are they all active at all times? Do they have to be turned on? The My memories as a kid going to my childhood drive-in, they had the speakers for a very short time, and then they came out in the 80s. But the thing I always loved, just like I love on the Mahoning lot, there's this kind of flowing roof of sound. You do know, matter where you are on the lot, oh, there's yeah. always the noise going, so...
1: Yeah, and because of the way, like the way it's structured, like it, the sound carries because it's built like an amphitheater kind of. Right. And Yeah. We've had when we've had bands out there before. I've been hanging out up at the ticket booth, which is a good ways away from the screen. I'd say at least two hundred, two hundred and twenty yards. Yeah. That's where my projector's at as well, and like I can hear them just great down there.
0: Acoustics like, rocking,
1: and, and yeah, and it, ba- it just bounces off the screen, yeah, and it carries through there.
0: That's amazing. Sounds like a beautiful setup, super inviting. Going back to your love of movies, any kind of choice memories from the old movie house? And uh, also curious what the first movie is that you ran as the owner of the 21?
1: First movie I ran as the owner of the 21 was a double feature of uh Black Panther. Yep. And uh Avengers Endgame
0: as come the, on.
1: as the second.
0: That's the way to come out swinging, I'd say, you know.
1: <laughs> Bad weather. Yeah. And encroaching storms. Okay, but not like, you know, it wasn't one of those deals where, you know, after night one you just you walk down to the concession and you're like, that's it. This is it. Is it this easy every night? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Just like that, you know? Not so much. But, I mean, you have those nights. I mean, we have good nights and we have bad nights. I mean, like I said, the audiences are so split. But uh, we're getting better and getting more people to come. It's just, like I said, there's so many different things
0: going on. And that's the way the world is now. You talked about the challenge that the theater had when cable and the video store was big and prevalent it was the same situation talking to owners back in the day day when the television came out and it was like right we've gone through so many battles and hurdles as an industry but the one thing that has stood true is people have this need and love and want to get together and go to the movies together oh yeah it's it's kind of proof in the pudding after the pandemic that it's it's not going anywhere. It's just restructured over and over and over again at this point.
1: Right. And I'm sure I'm sure you guys' atmosphere... I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of people that do just faithfully watch, even, even though you guys are repertory, uh, the movies when they come out there. But uh, definitely from what my experience was when I started, that was one of the things that we brought to it when we owned it, was that uh, we started doing a Thursday night movie on an, an old school retro just a single feature Thursday night movie, always something old. Yeah. And uh, you never get as big of a crowd on a Thursday night in this area, you know, even in the summertime, cause people are working, you do get a lot of the touristy people that are in the Van Buren and Ellington area and stuff that'll come out there. But the working people like the locals, they loved the Thursday night when we introduced that because for years and years the majority of the jobs over in that area when the area is really humming is summertime yeah so the tourist indi- industry over there is a cottage industry so all the locals are always in the summertime they're busting their humps on that river all day long yeah. and like they just don't have the energy or don't want to people anymore which i I'm sure you guys can get that because there's times oh, out, yeah. there's times out there where i'm done <laughs> i'm done peopleoplingha <laughs>
0: Yeah, putting on the song and dance, and you're like, "All right, I need a break." (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: I I, hilarious. One of the best runs we had as far as attendance was in 2019. I think it was on that run where we had like all Disney had a bunch of stuff stacked, and like since we booked all Disney, we got a little bit better of a percentage. But they were stuffed. It was Toy Story Four and the New Lion King and the New Aladdin and all the stuff that people were jonesing for really hard. And I got to give them a double Disney, which they can't resist. And it was just bonkers. So we went like, I think five or six weeks solid of what I would consider high volume children. (laughs) And we were about a week and a half away from the end of that booking run that I had made with them. And uh, one of the girls in the concession stand was like, what are we playing next weekend? And, And I just laughed, I said, or next week <laughs> anything R. without R. a cut. <laughs> everything like and we did a horror for two straight solid weeks and attendance was much lower i'll be honest i wasn't upset about
0: it yeah you got to take your breather every now and then you know <laughs> yeah,
1: the, the horror crowd is a different crowd that's for sure
0: oh yeah well so, how do you work your uh your pricing you do car load is it per person like us
1: we do per person. on the When we do the retro nights, we'll do $10, we'll do $10 for a carload. But uh, mm-hmm. during a regular business night, ages 11 and up is $10. Ages uh, 10 to 6 is $2, and $500 gets improved.
0: Come on. You can't beat that. No, you can't. It's funny that you brought up the Thursdays, because we started doing Tuesdays during the pandemic, and we found the same thing. There were people who came out of the woodwork and are like, you have no idea, like, how much it hurts being somebody that has to work every weekend, seeing your cool events, and being like, I'm never able to get there. It gives yeah. those people uh, some sort of bite at the apple, you know? It's... Yeah,
1: I would always tell the locals, I'd be like, they when they'd tell me, you know, thanks for doing the Thursday nights, we, we actually get to come. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's not the new stuff. And they're like, so what? Like, <laughs> you
0: know?
1: Some solids, it's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, as solid as you can. Of course, you don't get if you're first run, you don't get to book anything repertory from Disney, yeah, but everybody else plays ball pretty nice, uh, as long as they don't have like some sort of anniversary thing going on,
0: yeah, you catch the moratoriums yeah. and things yeah, like that, exactly.
1: But I mean, the slower, the lower attendance on the Thursday nights doesn't ever bother me, uh, you know, it's one of those things where honestly, when you, if you can get a business to sponsor the Thursday night and that covers your booking fee and you don't have to worry about a super high attendance. You don't ever get mad about a low attendance because the people that come out to watch, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Gremlins or something like that, those people are just thrilled that they're going to get to watch that thing on a big, huge, massive screen. And yeah, and the and the repertory nights have always, even especially the ones that are really well attended, are always like kind of a social hour. Like everybody kind of just wanders around and hangs out because ninety percent of them can probably recite the movie.
0: <laughs> that's the beauty, you know. Yeah, when they
1: come out for those, it really they don't, becomes they don't, a
0: communal. Yeah, hour.
1: they don't have to pay attention all the time. They can, you know, stop, look up, and be like, "Oh, that." funny parts fixing to happen. I'm going to watch for a couple seconds and then they can go right back to their conversation, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh there's a real fine line we try to book in the grindhouse era as well as the popcorn, you know, movies that are going to hit everybody. And it's strange, you know, it's the people that come out and support, you never know what's going to be the draw, what's going to excite people. Sometimes the rarer the movie, the uh the more excited people get. Oh yeah. But, I do love the atmosphere of of, uh, the retro So what's
1: your closest like metropolitan area?
0: Um, Well, Allentown's not far from us, but then we got Philadelphia further down. But most of our fan base, it's not local. It's Philly, Jersey, New York, tourists coming in. uh, People in the trek to come out and see us. So again, totally the opposite of every other owner that we're talking to, which relies on their locals in such a huge way, you know? We also have multiple drive-ins directly around us that do first runs, so that really started in motion the idea of standing out in some way, showing things different, uh, which led us to the retro, and then the 35. Obviously, is the biggest kind of seller. The fact that we're the only remaining full-time 35 millimeter drive-in is a—it's uh, a staple. Oh, I'm sure that I'm, and, I'm yeah. sure the
1: film nerds love you guys. It's the yeah. best,
0: you know, it's it's a community and it really goes hand in hand with what we're doing, you know, the idea of being mouthpieces for the drive-in culture and spreading the love for everybody across the country. It's kind of nice that they can come to a film mecca that is hyper focused on the appreciation of it all. It kind of is a, an easy pill or an easy crossover, I guess, with that, that market. Yeah, it, it can. You not know?
1: I'm sure it can be. Uh, I don't get a lot of uh, there's not a ton of film snobbery type people around me if i were closer to a metropolitan area i would probably go all repertory and just nerd out
0: totally pull those (laughs) cinephiles it's tough i mean because you know there's some nights that are so gamble and you look at what's come out first run and you're like well gosh that's that's on the nose it's got the money money machine behind it letting everybody know that it's here but it's a different thing and, and, but really as is. much
1: as that sometimes seem apparent like definitely I can tell you from my experience being first run like every once in a while like you're just like fan this one's going to be solid you know we're going to kill this movie's got there's going to be a thousand people come see it and and wow. you get like 40 cars
0: you never know yeah. you never know what's going to connect with people especially now it's such an oversaturation where I used to have my finger on the pulse so hard, you know, being in the industry like you couldn't avoid when things were coming oh, yeah. out. I found that at a certain point running the indoors there'd be things coming out on the calendar where I'm like, "Where did this come from? Like when who promoted this? Who's coming to see right. this?" Yeah. So there's so there's so many factors at play. It's it's just wild, you know?
1: Yeah, it's and you try to keep your finger on the pulse as much as you can. I mean, I most definitely consume a massive amount of movies. Like, I I mean, it's my thing. But, yeah. I mean, I miss stuff all the time. I'm definitely a film nerd, but, you know, the area of the country that I'm in, I, it does not afford me to play some of the weirder stuff I'd like to play sometimes because it's just... Sure. It's just way too much of a gamble, you know? But every once in a every right. once in a while you get to sneak. I always say I get to sometimes I get to sneak culture in on people on the double feature, you know.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot of those Tuesdays will say, like, you know, this is for yeah. us. You know, like it's fine if we get 20 cars, we're, we're we're still gonna have a great time. And we always do. That's the beauty of the drive oh, yeah. it's kind of impossible. The thing I them. hate
1: about that those nights the most is like cutting all the employees loose. Cause I'm just like, all right guys, you know, get out of here. <laughs> like,
0: hey, like, yep. Yeah. You were planning on having fun yeah, tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And <laughs>
1: most, of, most of the people that I, most of the, most of the people that I get other than my business partner and his girlfriend and their daughter and my son coming to help us over there on weekends is kids. Honestly. I mean, that's who you over in that area. That's who you can get to work in your concession stand. I've been yeah. fortunate to have we know that. Uh, Olivia was uh, with the drive-in when we bought it. And uh, she had been working there. She's one of those girls that works at the local ice cream shop in town called Jolly Cone. Look it up. It's just a huge slice of Americana. She loved movies and she loved the drive-in. So like she, her boss at the Jolly Cone never made her work on Friday and Saturday nights because she worked at the drive-in. But all other days, you know, she was at the Jolly Cone. And I had her for about three and a half years after she graduated high school, but now she lives up in St. Louis and like, that's a crutch that I'm not going to get to lean on as much this year, but you know, <laughs> but I mean, she would always have friends that would come in there and work. And those, you know, I would tell the kids, I'd be like, listen, I'm sure there's a party going on somewhere or you guys can cut out early and tell your parents you had to work late if you want. But you know, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but Jack yep. is no longer paying you to be here, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you need to make yourself scarce because we can handle who's here. You know,
0: right? That makes total. Yeah, sense. Yeah, that
1: gives you that gives you times with those loyal customers in, in those slower times too, because they come in and talk and chat you up.
0: Oh, absolutely! It's our favorite part. I gotta ask you because uh, you mentioned it. You got your son and daughter working there.
1: Uh, my business partner's daughter will come out there uh, with him sometimes. And my son, on the weekends that I have my son, he's always out there with me. I
0: love him. Uh, my
1: uh, so my stepson, he worked, he worked out there with us the first couple of years. He was slinging pizza for a good while. It's a family affair. Yeah, yeah. Jude likes to hand out candy, but I don't really require a whole bunch of work out of him other than just hanging out with me while he's there.
0: What a dream. What a dream. I always talked about. Uh, The dream was running a drive-in, which I've been talking about since I was 13, but oh my gosh, to have your parent own one or be connected in that way to be like, okay, this is like my personal playground. It's, I feel, I I feel very jealous of my kids, honestly, where I'm like, you guys don't realize Uh, how good you got it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, that's the thing uh, too. You know, it's like, you know, I'm sure that's something that you've talked to other drive-in owners about, especially all the drive-in owners who are digital I mean, it is kind of a cool toy to have like
0: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's, I, there's I many mean, a, it's... a night where I'll go and I'll be like, you know, on the on the lot late with Virgie, I'll be like, you know it, you want to watch something up on the screen? like, but... for me as a kid like, oh my god, that would just yeah. blow oh, yeah. my mind I was like, you, you'll be the most popular kid in school eventually, you just wait <laughs> yeah, just wait like...
2: yeah
1: me and both my sons uh i played video games on it like we oh played yeah yeah mario Kart on it you know yeah
0: okay. yeah that's what you gotta do you know is uh is lean into it it's a lifestyle it's a culture the late nights the uh oh, stop yeah. you know it's it really is uh something that you have to embrace and really love to uh to make it work you know and it's, oh and, yeah Sounds like you're doing it. So you mentioned the pizza. We were looking at your website and literally drooling over your concession items. Yeah. Tell us so. about what's popular and get into these specialty pizzas because I want a pulled pork pizza. Yeah, pulled pork pizza is pretty good. Uh, Come on. Yeah, uh, we do uh, dessert pizzas. Uh,
1: my friend Kristen does like a it's like a lemon blackberry and. Ah. Uh, she does, like a peach cobbler. On the busier nights, we'll make. She'll make a couple of them before, like we open the gates and stuff like that, and we sell them by the slice. They're a little bit pricey if you buy the whole thing with the dessert pizzas, but it's too much. Like
0: you, it, but, <laughs> you'll literally burst. Like yeah, you
1: can't you can't eat a whole one. My business partner John, he used to do a bunch of competition barbecue and everything. So all the pulled pork that we do at the drive-in, like we smoke it, like. We, for 10 12 hours. You know, we're in barbecue country, so.
0: Oh yeah. That's for 10 a tr- 12 you hours. Before. You can't not offer it or people will riot.
1: <laughs> right. Well, the Cecil Diane, they did they did they did pulled pork and barbecue and stuff like that too when they owned it, but they just bought like the stuff that you buy from the supplier and you Yeah, ain't you the basically, same. Basically, yeah, pour it out of a tub and mix it all together and like there's a difference. It's Oh it's, yeah, it's, there is. It's a huge difference. And me and me and my business partner john we're foodies too like any we almost tried to swing out and see you guys in person when we were in uh pittsburgh in october we went out there to go watch the cardinals play their last three games and go see albert and Yachty play their last games wow after awesome pirates and you guys i knew you guys weren't super far away but i it's a pretty good drive isn't it
0: yeah it's a oh, distance yeah. good three or four hours easy yeah. yeah four hours at least to pittsburgh
1: Yeah. And after driving 10 from Pauper Bluff. eh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. Well, what, uh, what, when you came into things, did you have this idea of like, all right, I'm going to go with, uh, a little more, um, options at the concession stand, really make it a draw for people. Cause we all know it. That's how the theater industry survives.
1: It really wasn't, uh, uh, adding or taking things away necessarily it was uh just providing uh better versions of what was already being given out there they did hot dogs and they did polar sausage and egg rolls like we did they did pretzels they did pizza uh and they did barbecue and chili and stuff like we do but you know all of their stuff was pre-made stuff whereas like me and like john does the barbecue i make the chili uh we, they used to do Hunts Brothers pizza. I got rid of that and started buying pre-frozen crusts that were at least like three or four inches larger, which doesn't seem like much, but when you're looking at a pizza that uh, has a larger circumference, that much larger circumference, it looks like a quite
0: like a legitimate pizza it
1: looks like a real pizza you know whereas you know (laughs) let's not kid ourselves those hunts brother jobs are gas station pizzas Mm -hmm. all right (laughs)
2: right
1: and the beauty of that those first years of having the drive-in and actually still using hunts brothers was all all it was was the convenience you know because it came they called them pies and when you get them from hunts brothers a pie comes pre-sauced pre-cheese basically like a frozen cheese pizza you buy from the grocery store and you just like shove it shove it in the conveyor and it goes through and it does its thing, add the other toppings to it, where as the way I do it now is, the only thing that's really pre-made is that crust, and you have, like, we sauce it, we cheese it, and, like, we do everything. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's just, it's just better. I mean, and, of course, the price had to go up, but, I mean, what isn't right now?
0: But, that's true, but when you're talking about, you know, I, these specialty pizzas, you, you know, I, that it's still very affordable.
1: Yeah, it's still, I mean... We my prices are way cheaper than they should be, but you know, it's, it's nice for people to say, Man, that was like back before we went with a modern POS system and we just did a cash register. You know, you'd always get the and we were cash only back then, yeah. You'd always get the, you know, they get up there and they start going through telling you what they want, and they'll stop in the middle and go, Where are we at? <laughs> Yeah, And you go, uh, 35 and they're like, oh yeah, I don't want that pretzel and I don't need that extra icy, you know, (laughs) because, because paper money is real money guys. Like that's, that's the way it works in their brain. And
0: that's right. When you're swiping, it's a lot easier.
1: Yeah. They don't, they definitely spend with less discretion for sure.
0: So it sounds like you have a, a walk-up system versus a self-serve system. Uh, like point is, of-
1: yeah because i don't like the setup in my concession stand uh it's it's one of those things where you know immediately when coming in it was like okay one of these days this is gonna this is gonna have to change and i'm, I'm hoping it does get to change one day soon i'm actually waiting on possibly be getting my screen completely resurfaced hopefully Nice. I I actually contacted the guys that were on your podcast uh, because those storms that blew through the little rock area the other day, just they took out about like eight or nine of my
0: panels. (laughs) Crazy. Wow.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, the steel structure is good. But when it was rebuilt in the 70s, after the original wood screen got knocked down by a tornado, they built a steel structure. But the substructure and the screen surface are all wood and uh, i'm hoping those guys can attach just steel and the screen surface and we get to use our existing metal structure but we're hoping to hear from the insurance soon on that
0: very cool is that something you got to deal with uh out there is weather Uh,
1: because of that because of the screen and the age that it's coming along and i I knew coming in that that was a bear that i was going to have to wrestle eventually as well i'd say three or four times a season uh, a bad storm will blow through and knock a couple just a a one or two pieces off you know sometimes never anything super major i got a guy that owns a tree service that lives like right down the road and he'll run out there and
0: hook you back up
1: yeah his price scale is flexible sometimes (laughs) there's (laughs) nothing there's there's, there's nothing worse than coming to prep a show and like I said a good quarter between a quarter of a mile to a half a mile before you get to the theater round in that corner
0: you see it
1: and just seeing a chicklet missing
0: the light shining through yeah Yeah. the
1: light shining through and it's like five hours until showtime, and you know (laughs) oh
0: yeah yeah.
1: but uh that's where that's where this bad one happening this time is the argument that we're going to make with the insurance company we're just going to be like listen guys do you guys want to have to keep doing this like two, three times a year, like, why don't we just... Yeah, you
0: know, be proactive about it. Help us out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, come
0: on. I guess. That's what we're
1: hoping happens, but we're prepared for whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it band-aided back up, you know. We're, yeah. There's some real hillbilly ingenuity going on over here, so...
0: It's all about pivoting. It's all about, you know, uh, reacting as things come up. That's what we find is there's no way to prepare for these things. You just kind of got to jump into it and make it work best for you, you know. Exactly right. So we like to talk a little bit about the cinematic landscape. You mentioned that you had uh, another drive-in that opened up, not too far from you. Any in of those indoors still open? Any of the movie houses? Oh, you said that the Uh, the one was bought by the town, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. When they when they back then, it was the theaters in town were run by Carasota, which is now defunct. But uh, when Carasota. They sold the Rogers, the really cool one, to the city for a dollar, but they made them sign, like, some sort of BS, like, 99-year, no-compete, can't-show-movie thing, and uh, then the Carasota 8 eventually turned into an AMC 8, and they finally negotiated to have that lifted, but... They had already torn out all the equipment and planned to make it a uh, live theater type event place. I, I don't think that was a bad move. I think they shouldn't have taken the option away for the theatrical uh, releases. Now, they've, in the past couple of years, started to show movies there. But guys, it's like the backyard setup movies that yeah, they, people do. Like, that's what they do on the stage. And I mean, so yeah. back in the day, that used to be in the early 30s when it was... single screen movie theater it has like the big like the high terrace or whatever and then it drops lower and then it goes into a less sloped area and so when i was a kid there used to be two screens and there was they had built a big partition and like the upper theater like you almost set vertical like your feet were almost at the heads of the other people
2: (laughs) when you're in that
1: screen (laughs) yeah and uh and when you were in the lower, it was less of a slope, but the bigger screen was definitely down at the bottom.
0: That and seemed to be the, the big it, thing, you know, as yeah. they balcony, they put a screen yeah. up in the balcony, and then, yeah. I
1: mean, it, 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 it comes back to our drive-in argument. The, the second screen gave them a larger booking that's flexibility. Right. I don't, no one told me that, but I have no doubt that that's probably why it happened.
0: Well, we yep. are in a small group, uh, a selective group, because... You know just like jeff says in the documentary there's something very original about everybody facing the same way watching the same movie getting the same experience and uh the fact that you're still a single screener you know it's many a times i'm sure the owners have thought about it where they're like oh maybe we could figure it out put another one over here but there's something classic about it you know
1: there is i actually have enough room to do a very small one if i wanted to in one of my drive-up areas unless you have like a 600 plus car night like they're not going to have to park over there.
0: Sure. Utilize all the space.
1: It'd be like a 60 or 70 space. You'd have enough room to do maybe 60 or 70 parking spots there.
0: Right. Give you the option to toss your third week over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, damn third week. I'm telling you every time. Well, I don't uh-huh. want to take up all your time. I want to give the guys some uh some opportunity to pick your brain as well. Uh, anyway, you got anything for Jeffrey there, Mark?
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things I do is I do cyber sleuthing before we talk to our fellow owners and I look up your theater on uh, Google Maps. And I get a street view, see what it looks like from the road, see what it looks like from above. And, and first of all, I am envious that you are in the middle of nowhere and can have bands. You, you have a couple neighbors, right? One or two neighbors around there?
1: A couple, a couple. Uh, the guy, like if you're facing my screen, the guy who lives immediately to the right of me, his name is Ronnie Miller. And if you, look us up on Google Maps again and go a little bit further south down 21, you'll see that there's a Miller Lake. Uh, His grandfather sold that land to Clyde Davis to build uh, the drive-in there. He's got like an 18 acre stretch that's sitting right next to me. He's like the nicest guy in the world and grew up working at the drive-in and has all kinds of stories and shares them with you. And uh, like Ronnie
2: don't care what I do, though. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's just perfect, because then you can, like you said, you can have bands, and you can do have speakers all over the place bouncing the sound off the screen. For us, oh, yeah. the screen acts as this gigantic uh, sponge and bouncer. So, so, like, right. if somebody is sitting in the front row talking, the people in the back row can hear it like it's next to them and vice versa. Right. And if we have a band, you know, the people who are our neighbors who aren't really that close can hear it like it's in their front yard. One thing I also noticed was that they're from the road, you can pretty clearly see the screen. At least that's what it looked like on the street. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you have, like, a line of, like, kids on bikes or people who the turn their bikes off? <laughs> Trying to get a uh, free show.
1: You definitely catch brake lights, but hitting hard sometimes.
0: Slowing um, on down, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, when I when I said I used to work for the nail company, uh, and they had a sawmill, like literally the sawmill that is like less than a half a mile down the road from the theater. There's about within a six or seven mile radius. There's probably about six or seven sawmills. So big log trucks drive by all the time. And they love to hit the jake break in the middle of the show.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah,
1: kind of <laughs> slopes going around that curve, and you'll just hear him. Like, really? <laughs>
2: yeah. We got to deal with what we got, right? Which would be excellent yeah. if you were showing Duel. But otherwise, <laughs> right. well, it's like we right. have we have a racetrack that's not, again not that close to us, but the sound carries, and you can hear it really clearly on our lot some nights. And I say when we show the Mad Max movies, that's great because it's like natural surround sound, just engines rev. Yeah. When we do our Cannonball Run show, it'll be great. But when we're yeah. showing, you know, Anne of Green Gables, it kind of ruins the vibe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had. I mean, I've had. I've had raucous teenagers drive by and shoot shoot off fireworks Firework, as, yeah. they, uh, as they're driving by i've I, i've seen i don't know how many wrecks and deer jumping over the fence and World all jumping. kinds of stuff out there or or that is the worst you show up to do like yeah you're like okay my i have a local kid that does a pretty good job mowing the grass but in order to save some bucks i, I always tell him i'm like hey all weedy don't worry about it you know And I'll show up out there with the weed eater to go weed eat. And I'm just like, oh man, what's that smell? And you'll go over by the highway ditch and there's just a deer laying there in the ditch. And you're like, oh man, (laughs) I got to deal with that.
2: (laughs) But we have, we have a farmer very close to us too. And once in a while they have cows. Need I say more? And once in a while, the wind blows a certain way, and that's the aroma. You, oh, it yeah. smells like a pasture. And I'm like, you know, we're trying to sell hamburgers yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 We're, Ron, R- Ronnie has a, Ron, like I said, Ronnie's got a nice stretch of land, and it's all fenced off. He's got a couple of horses, and usually about once a year, he'll buy about 18, 20 head of cattle. And like, that's, he'll raise those. It's not like a huge cattle farm or anything like that. But I mean, it's never really that bad yeah (laughs) yeah oh it can but i mean it's typically it's not that big of a deal
0: yeah uh well how about you jeff any questions for jeffrey uh i was thinking of one i know um, when you redo a projection booth and turn it into a digital booth it basically wipes out um everything kind of historic that was in there it looks like a room with a you know um, well, a big square box basically but what i was wondering is did you ever have to do anything extensive in your concession stand or is it pretty
1: much original no so what uh, yeah here's jeff will, like this construction tidbit so uh i don't know how they dealt with it but like back in the day there was just like a two toilet girls bathroom and the guys have like two urinals and one toilet and uh when, when,
0: yeah. Ugh. Deal with it. Yep. Yeah. Ours when, is very small, and we always say so, people must have been tiny in the forties.
1: So, so, but yeah. So back in the day, the the uh, projectors used to be in the concession stand. They were right across the hall from the bathrooms. Okay. So when when Cecil and Diane went digital, the projector that they got was really powerful, and so then they moved physically, moved and built it. If you look at or pictures of the drive-in that building next to the ticket booth. That's where my projector is. It's up. It's right. It's right next to the ticket booth. So the guy running the ticket booth is usually doing uh, the movie too, but I have a digital digital scheduler on it and I usually know what time it's going to get dark enough for it to kick on. And I pretty much automate that. So when Cecil and Diane did the digital upgrade, the projector room became a five toilet, girls bathroom oh well you really did change
0: the inside yeah yeah
1: really really i'm sure i can't imagine what it was like back in the day i I mean there's nights where it gets on a busy night it it gets crazy and there's a pretty good wait for that bathroom even then
2: so i can't imagine
1: what it was but one of the things that they did is they didn't they didn't do the guys bathroom so technically the girls have two bathrooms they still have the little two toilet bathroom but hopefully the key is when we get to do the concession stand renovation, that we're going to take down the wall in between the small girls' bathroom and the guys' bathroom and give the guys like a 4 urinal old like one commode setup. And because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it, let me tell you, it's you know, there's band-aids everywhere in that old place.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah. again, you work with what you got when you're coming into a structure that was built 50, 60, 70 years ago. It's uh it's very much that scenario where you're like, okay, I'm going to figure this yeah. out. I'm going to make this work for my people and you know, right. the the beauty of it is there's a lot of love in the originality of a drive in, you know.
1: Oh I yeah. Uh, we, that. we always yeah, we always tell people even if we own it, it's we're more it's more like a stewardship like the idea is, you know, maybe one day find someone that's going to make it better than what it was, you know. You want to leave it better than you found it. And sure. that's what right, we're working on. Right.
0: Well, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you on the social media? As we know how important that is.
1: Okay, we're on Facebook. I have a Twitter account that I never do anything with anymore, but I have a Twitter account as well. I'll get on there every once in a while. Uh, we've got Instagram. Uh, we've got a website, Twenty One Drive In Dash In Between the Drive and the End and. That's where we're at, social media-wise.
0: That's beautiful. Now, as far as your schedule, are you seasonal, or can people come visit you all year-round? How's that work? I
1: mean, we're seasonal for the first-run stuff. We usually run from May till October. But we are available to be used anytime when those regular gates aren't... You know, that's when private parties and private stuff becomes available for people to be able to afford to do on the weekends. Mm-hmm. But... uh it we're just now starting to open the doors more to stuff like that
0: it's very smart you know we uh as we go every single year we add little additions little pieces and you figure out uh, figure it out as you go and it sounds like you're doing a great job keeping the dream alive um anybody yeah. who's out there who uh happens to be coming through whether tourist wise or coming through the area be sure to swing by, show them some love. I'm super yeah. excited to come and try some of that pizza and check out that stadium setup.
1: We're hoping that uh we can start selling some advanced tickets pretty soon here for next April when the solar eclipse comes through. Yeah. Um, we're, we're gonna be right in the path of totality, and we're hoping to make like an all-day thing of it <laughs> because. After the duration of it is done and over with, it'll be like three or four hours after that until it's dark enough to play a movie. So then like we can kick off from the all-day festivities. And if we do that, sell advance tickets, we'll probably post them on the website.
0: That's awesome. Solar eclipse party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I keep, I keep trying.
1: I keep trying to think of appropriate uh, solar eclipse movies to play when people come out for that type of event. But unfortunately, the majority <laughs> of them are all very apocalyptic. That's very <laughs> true.
0: Yeah, you're just like end on a downer. Hide your eyes, yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time for us, Jeffrey. It's been a treat. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep that dream alive. And uh, wish you very much uh, success in the 2023 season.
1: Yeah, you guys too. Love the podcast. It's great.
0: Thank you, buddy. It means the world. And on that note, Jeff, take it away, my friend.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out tonight to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. We hope you'll come back and see us again real soon. The exit is on the right-hand side of the screen at the front of the
0: field. And most importantly, have a very safe trip home. Good night and God bless you.